0: ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present
1: The Drive. It is Thursday, August 18th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I am your host, Paul Swad. We're going to take your phone calls and text this hour. The phone line is 877-420-TALK. That's 877-420-8255 with our text line 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. I hope some of you are already getting set to head down to Hoops Family Field. The women are in action, opening up the home schedule tonight, taking on High Point. That is set for a 7 o'clock kick, drop of the ball, Whatever you want to call it. That's coming up tonight. So uh, if you get a chance, go down and support the Marshall women as they open up the season with High Point. Should be a good contest. High Point, a pretty good team to start out the season. Coastal Carolina did beat them 2-1 to in exhibition play. So we don't know truly what we're going to see from the Marshall women just yet. Uh, Hopefully Coach Swan has picked a keeper. If you were listening yesterday, I couldn't pin him down. I wanted to get sort of – what is it with the women's coaches – In soccer, historically, I can't get them to pin down a single name for me. Hey, who's your keeper? Uh, You'll have to wait and see, Paul. That's that's sort of like a trend. It's as if each soccer coach on the women's side passes down a notebook to the, the new one. Like, okay, things you can't tell Swan, the name of the starting keeper. Should be fun tonight, though. Happening over at Jones edward Stadium, uh, the herd uh, continuing their practicing and getting set for the starting season. You got Fan Day coming up as well. Uh, we will uh, we'll try to get a practice report. I can't promise. I know Jay Griffith, part of Herd Vision. Um, he's he's the one doing the practice reports after everything is done. So we'll try to get that in on the show. I can't guarantee we're gonna get it. During showtime, but if we do, we will play it as well. Uh, we got Pirates baseball coming up tonight. Pirates uh, would like to win a game. Would like to win a game. J.T. Brubaker on the mound tonight for the Pirates. The Pirates lost yesterday 8-3. So we've got that for you again. That is coming up tonight right here on... ESPN, 94.1, NAM 930. So the news yesterday came out, which set Twitter a tizzy for a little bit, just a little bit. Former Marshall quarterback Grant Wells, you know, he, he went into the transfer portal and he got picked up by Virginia Tech. Well, he was named yesterday after practice as the team's starting quarterback. So that's been settled. He was a good quarterback. I thought he was a good quarterback. There were some times where I didn't know where he was throwing the ball. So the question here as we go forward, is Grant Wells a better quarterback than we gave him credit for? Was Marshall the right system or the wrong system for Grant Wells? Is Virginia Tech the better system for Grant Wells? And I think that's a fair question. Sometimes you get a great quarterback to come in, not fitting the system. It's the system that fails the quarterback, or sometimes the quarterback fails the system. But if you can go to Virginia Tech and have some success there, I think that's going to be some validation for him. And honestly, I hope he does well. I really hope he does well. He edged out another transfer, uh, Jason Brown, and um, he edged out their starter, or the bowl game last season so I'm sure a lot of people are excited for the local product starting for Virginia Tech we'll all be following along his season and hopefully he's going to have a great season with Virginia Tech so that was the big news that came out yesterday I just wonder would he have been more successful this season at Marshall would he had? been able to win the job? Could he have won the starting job at Marshall if he was the quarterback this season? Would he have given you a little bit more stability at that position, maybe a little bit more reason to, to pause? I mean, you've got quarterback competition going on right now. But for the most part, I think we all know it's going to be Henry Columbia that's going to be the quarterback for the Thundering Hurt, unless something really drastically happens. I think Henry's going to be the guy. Would, have, would a team with Grant Wells as your quarterback even entertain a transfer like Columbia? Or would you have ridden with him? Would you have liked to have ridden with him? That's a, probably a good question there. Text line 304-396-TALK. 304 396 So where is... Grant Wells is going to end up at the end of the season. Hopefully, he's going to have a good run with Virginia Tech. Uh, Speaking of quarterbacks that are not having good runs right now, Deshaun Watson, we find out, is going to serve an 11-game unpaid suspension, also will pay a $5 million fine, and got to undergo professional evaluation and treatment as part of a settlement with the NFL. A lot of accusations of sexual misconduct, over two dozen women. There was a push to ban him for a season, Just outright ban him for at least a season for violating the personal conduct policy, as he was accused of sexually harassing and coercing women during massage therapy sessions when he was with the Houston Texans. I don't know what the paycheck is going to look like, but he did sign a $230 million fully guaranteed contract after being traded to the Browns in March. He's going to lose $632,500 in salary this season while serving the suspension. That's it. That's what he loses. $230 million fully guaranteed contract, and he's going to lose million. $5 million fine, and in salary, 632500 So he gets to move forward. I think it's a win for him. 11 games, you come in fully rested, play the rest of the season. If you're in contention, you can make a run for it. Minimum fine compared to what he, he earns. I mean, a little over... Over half a million. He's going to lose five million in that fine and he's going to lose about half a million in salary. That's it. That's the number I saw today. So he's getting to move forward now. I don't know how overall what the reaction is going to be once this really starts to permeate through social media channels and with others. You're trying to You're trying to look strong here. If you're the NFL, you're trying to look strong. Is 11 games strong enough if you're the NFL? Or is it the best you could possibly hope for? And if you're Deshaun Watson, it's not a full year, but it's 11 games. 17 regular season games, and so you're losing 10 games. If this was like the old system, I'm sure yeah, you know, we would have prorated this here cuz it was 16 games. So, yeah, you, know, you probably would have maybe lost 10 out of 16. Now you're losing 11 out of 17. Get my math here. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of maybe that's why we we chose this number 11. Like six games left. Still some some value there for the Browns if they're in any shape to make a run for a playoff spot. Is this enough or is this too lenient or is this too harsh? Some are going to argue this is too harsh. Some are going to argue this is too lenient. And there was going to be a ruling. This basically stops that. This would have been from former New Jersey Attorney General Peter C. Harvey. Appointed by Roger Goodell after the league appealed what was then a six-game suspension issued by disciplinary officer Sue L. Robinson. So instead of six, you get 11. The NFL looks strong because the NFL tried to enforce a full season. Maybe didn't get everything, but the NFL got more than six games, so the NFL can probably turn this around and, And say it's strong on this type, plus Watson's going to have to go professional evaluation and treatment. That means he's going to have an opportunity to come back, be remorseful, come back, understand what he did wrong, learn from it, grow, be a success story, right? That's, That's what this is setting that up for. He can come back and understand what he did was wrong and, and why it was wrong and how he's going to be a better person and how he's going to change for the better and get this past him, just get this part of his life over, move on from it, and grow. I mean, that's what he said. He said, quote, my whole life I have just have to be able to move forward, and that's the plan. I have to be able to move forward with my career, move forward with my family, my personal life and everything. So he's we're moving on. As Bill Belichick would say, we're we're on the Cincinnati. This is that on the Cincinnati moment. We're moving on. We're looking ahead. Not looking at anything else. We're moving forward. That's where we're at with Deshaun Watson today. So do you think he got the you think he got the best deal he could possibly get? Do you think he got the shaft? Do you think that the NFL should have got more out of this you think he should have got more out of this that's part of what we are talking about today the text line is open 304-396-TALK 304-396-8255 let's talk college football money when we continue the Big Ten media rights deal 7 billion that is 7 billion that's a big number That's the new media rights deal, and it looks like what an NFL media rights package might look like. We'll talk about it. Big Ten's going to cash in big time. That's our topic next when we continue with this edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 in AM 930.
0: This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.
1: Our phone lines are open, 877-420-TALK, with our text line, 304-396-8255. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Welcome back to The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Well, as promised, um, martial practice is concluded, so... I've got Jake Griffith, who has just posted his next practice report. And, again, uh, we, uh, we've gotten the clearance to to not just retweet this. We can share it on our airwaves. So uh, Jake Griffith talking to Coach Huff uh, here after practice. And uh, here's uh, their discussion from just a few minutes ago.
2: Today is Thursday, August 18th, and for this Marshall football practice report, I'm joined by head football coach Charles Huff. Coach Huff, uh, during these practices, you like to try to simulate some elements of games. Like last week with the night practice, you had the band out there today. How does that play into maybe simulating a game atmosphere?
0: Yeah, um, a couple ways. One, we want to try to you know create the environment as much as we can as close to game day. Um, two, we, you know, with the band as part of our family, uh, we wanted those guys to come out. Chris and his group have done a phenomenal job um, all summer. In their camp and we wanted them to come out teach our freshmen the fight song the alma mater um, some of these things are deeper than football you know I think if you're a, a, a son of Marshall you should understand the full history of it and that's part of it knowing the fight song knowing the alma mater but what, what better group to teach us than the band
2: mm-hmm. yeah exactly and they, they look like they had a great time out there you mentioned in our chat on Tuesday that we're coming up on the start of class for for your team uh, classes start on Tuesday how are ways that as they take on that student portion of the student athlete name they can balance class while also film study, game prep, practice?
0: Well, I think the beauty of it for us is we've got a week of kind of a mock Game week, you know, we've got class and practice, but no game on Saturday. So we're allowing our guys to adjust their schedule, figure out how many, you know, how many hours they need in the morning to get to class and workouts and study hall, um, understand how much time in between class to get to the building, understand at night how their body's going to feel while they still have to study. So this allows us to kind of get a mock run at it. So then when we go into game week, our guys have already done it. They know, hey, I got to wake up at this time to be at class at this time. Class, lunch, jump into meetings, football practice, go back, rehab. Study hall, all of those things that kind of you take for granted, um, but you got to practice those things as well.
2: On Saturday, Owen Porter was talking about some of the newcomers, and he said you all were able to grab some real freak athletes out of the transfer portal and, and just newcomers in general. What's one player or a group of players that have really stood out to you in this practice?
0: Yeah, I think again, you know, we we, we addressed the D line, you know, depth. Um, so we've got some guys on that D line that look the part, um, which creates a lot of depth. Now, obviously, you gotta stay healthy throughout the season, but the more depth you have, the more competitive practices are, the better it's gonna make our O-line. If our O-line is going against really good D-line, ones, twos, threes, fours, all the way through practice, well, when they get in the game, obviously, they're gonna have that built-up competition, those reps, the speed, the power that they're going against, so that's gonna help us. Right now, the D-line is probably the group that looks the freakish, as Owen was saying, just because of the bodies we were able to go out and get. Um, now, we gotta get them to understand our play bulk our system you know again they're coming from somewhere else where this is a little bit new so they were here in the summer that helps uh, but getting them just accustomed to our system obviously now class is gonna start you know next week so our class schedule um, so they're making really good progress I feel really good about it we just got to continue to make steps in the right direction
2: Chemistry between a wide receiver and a quarterback is the most important thing. Are you starting to see that chemistry between the quarterback room as a whole and the wide receiver room as a whole? Yeah, I
0: think what we've gotten now is 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 most of these guys are a year older. And when I say most of these guys, uh, Cam and you know the receiver. so so they went through the growing pains of maybe you know being on the not on the same page with the you know quarterback on some plays or seeing reads different ways. Well, this is the second year in the system now, so now they're able to kind of anticipate. Oh, I remember this play. Hey, if I get this look making this uh, you know this read or whatever it may be and I think when you bring in a veteran quarterback who's played at multiple places he's able to kind of spearhead some of those things before they happen because he knows hey when they play this coverage this is what they typically do defenses and then now he can go to the receivers and say hey turn in the window break out you know hey, come reduce back to me all of those things that take time it helps when you have experienced quarterback and receivers
2: as we head into another Saturday practice coming up soon what's one area that you maybe want to see the team improve on or work on or clean
0: up? Yeah, we're really trying to figure out what the back half of our roster is going to look like, you know, your twos and your threes, the guys that typically end up playing game five, six, seven, eight down the stretch. Um, So we're trying to put them in some base, you know, base systems because a lot of them are younger guys um, that have really a lot of talent, but uh, haven't necessarily, you know, grasped the whole playbook. So we're trying to see what can they do. We're going to make a decision on scout teams, who goes in the scout team, who stays up with the travel squad. So just trying to figure out that back half. So, you know, when you get in, a guy's got to go out. And you rotate guys in, now you've got quality depth, and you know when the backup goes in or the third teamer goes in, you know what he can do. So now you can call the game to his
1: strengths. There you have it. That's the latest camp report from Marshall. And thanks to Jake Griffith. He is hurrying over as we speak. He's got the game to call tonight between Marshall and High Point Women's Soccer. So appreciate him getting that to me as quickly as he could. That's your Thundering Herd Camp Report for this Thursday. Paul Swan, your host. It's The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. We will talk about the Big Ten media rights deal. It's a big one, $7 billion. That's when we continue. Your phone calls and text as well. Phone line 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. With the text line 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. More coming up on this edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930.
0: We're taking Paul Swan everywhere. Download or subscribe to The Drive with Paul Swan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Welcome back to the Thursday edition of The Drive. I'm your host Paul Swan here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. So the Big Ten's a lot wealthier today as a league, and all the member institutions are going to be a lot wealthier when it's all said and done. The news came out today, and I've seen numbers from anywhere between seven billion to eight billion. Over eight billion. That's a lot of money. This is a seven year deal, and it is estimated it's gonna generate one point one billion per year. You know what the previous deal Got the Big Ten and this is with Fox and ESPN, it was four hundred and forty million annually. So obviously that is more than doubled. Annually, schools will receive nearly seventy million from the deal. That's TV money right there. That's just TV money. That's not tickets. That's not merchandise. That's money coming to you straight from TV. So TV has impacted college athletics for a long time now, and this is just going to impact the Big Ten even more. The Big Ten was ahead of the curve. Remember the Big Ten Network when it came out? When it came out years ago, it was a a monumental deal because all of a sudden the Big Ten had a platform for every game had a new revenue stream and a platform. And I remember times where fans were a little upset because the platform wasn't right there yet where you could watch it. Now, this was way before streaming, of course. I can't watch the Ohio State game because it's on the Big Ten network. Well, that, that's been pretty much rectified. If you, wanna, if you want it, you could get it. Game days on Saturday. I'm at Marshall. So, you know, I tailor my sports packages to kind of fit what I need. If you're watching games at home, you're going to tailor your sports packages to what you need, right? We can get it. How much are we willing to pay? So now you're going to have a deal that is going to net pretty much $70 million annually for all the teams in the soon to be Big Ten plus six. And now I've seen the promo for years. SEC on CBS, you hear that beautiful music. I mean, Marshall was on SEC games time slot once. Remember? Got that music playing. You're sitting there. Yeah, it's college football. That's that CBS theme. You know what I'm talking about. I don't have to explain it to you because, you know, if you do, you knew. If you don't, Google it. And. Now, during that slot, you're going to see, eventually, the Big Ten game. Now, Fox is still going to have its, uh, its noon game. Fox has got probably the best part of this contract. But I think, really, all the partners are going to have a good slice of this. So, Fox has shared rights to the Big Ten with ESPN since 2017. And, of course, Fox is the majority stakeholder in the Big Ten network. So it's got the noon Eastern time game. That's the game of the day for Fox. And then Fox of the cable networks, that includes FS1, will have access to two dozen or so football games, at least 45 basketball games, men's and women's, and CBS, and this will start in 2024. CBS will replace the uh, SEC game of the week at 3:30 p.m. So CBS putting the Big Ten on at 3:30 p.m. That's that's a big deal. I mean, that's a cherished time slot. That's a cherished spot on CBS. All I know is, hey, what's pretty much one of the biggest games going on? Well, it's at 3.30 p.m., and it's going to be on CBS. So CBS is going to have about maybe 14, 15 Big Ten football games a season. Also, there's going to be a game on Black Friday, because, of course. And the difference here is CBS doesn't get the first selection of football games. Actually, what's going to happen is there's going to be a draft. That's how it was described, a draft. So the Big Ten, Fox, CBS, and NBC will hold a draft for games. So one week, NBC might get the first selection. One week, CBS might get the first selection. And CBS will carry seven Big Ten games in 2023 while it still has the SEC on CBS. And you'll still see Big Ten basketball, conference tournament, semifinals, and finals. And the Women's Basketball Tournament Championship is going to be added in air. So CBS is going to be looking pretty good. You lose the SEC, but you're going to get a pretty good deal with the Big Ten. And the Big Ten is looking pretty good. And Fox seems to be having a lot of success with the Big Ten. And now add in NBC. NBC, the Notre Dame network, is starting to air more college football. This is the league that before you could only find on ESPN. Then it branched out a little bit. Now it's almost everywhere. So it's going to be on NBC, and this will start in 2023, with Big Ten Saturday night. And so that's going to be about 15, 16 games per season. There's also... um, Going to be a mix of women's and men's basketball games, and some of that's going to be on Peacock exclusively. Notre Dame, we don't know how much Notre Dame's going to get because Notre Dame's thinking it's going to get about 75 million. Sports Business Journal thinks maybe about 60 million, which is still pretty good. Each network's going to have the Big Ten championship at least once. Fox is going to have the lion's share, 2023, 20, 25, 27, and 29. What does this sound like? This sounds like the NFL. This is an NFL-style contract is what this is. Instead of locking yourself in with one major network, you're going to spread it out, and you're going to get a lot more money because you're going to spread it out among your partners And you're going to get maximum exposure because you're going to get exposure. You're basically getting all the primetime spots. You're getting the noon kickoff on Fox. You're going to get the coveted 330 slot on CBS. You're going to get a new slot on NBC, Big Ten Saturday night. That's going to be a big deal because look at what NBC was able to do with Football Night in America. Monday Night Football used to be the big primetime game. Now, it's Sunday night. We all sing along. Carrie Underwood, we've been waiting all day for Sunday night. You know the song. I'm not singing it for you. The Big Ten's going to get, again, the reports I've seen, 7000000000 billion, $8 billion. They're going to get billions of dollars for this over a seven-year period. And that's huge. That is huge, starting in 2023. So the Big Ten has shaken up the landscape. Uh, now, the SEC does have its deal with ESPN. That's also close to $7 billion, but that's a 10-year deal. This is a seven-year deal you're getting this kind of money instead of a longer play, 10 years, what ESPN has with the SEC Which one's in a better position right now? The SEC with ESPN, the worldwide leader. The Big Ten, which is going to be on Fox, CBS, NBC. You're going to get the digital platform. That's Peacock. Peacock's going to get a shot in the arm because now you're going to have more programming there. At the same time, the Big Ten has made the smart play. Broadcasting is not dead. Broadcasting is a huge part of this. This isn't a a major streaming package. This is a major terrestrial linear broadcast package, which makes it huge. At the same time, you're getting, I think if you're adding some teams on the West Coast, you're going to have to carry, you're going to have to make sure that Fans of USC, UCLA are gonna be able to see Big Ten. So that's gonna help. All of a sudden, I think the Big Ten network's gonna grow a little bit. It's gonna to have to. And you're not locked in with a streaming package. The majority of your games are gonna be streaming only. No, the Big Ten's making a play. We're gonna be where the most people are, and that's still broadcast. Now I still like streaming. In many ways, because I'm not going to lie to you. I got the most out of my ESPN Plus package uh, I possibly could last season during the NHL season. Because I got to see more games than I ever thought I could in a long time. I didn't want to subscribe to the Center Ice package, and I subscribed to ESPN Plus. Now, its price is going to go up. You know that. Prices are going to go up. It's still great value for me. And I get to see all these out-of-market games. It's great for me. But that's a sport like hockey, a sport like the NBA, like MLB, which should do a better job. This is once a week event time, one game a week. You want to maximize your exposure, and it's very NFL-like. It's modeled after an NFL Sunday because you're going to have a marquee game at noon. You're going to have a marquee game at 3.30. You're going to have a marquee game at night. And you're going to basically own the day. Morning, getting ready for the game. Noon, game. Afternoon, game. Evening, game. You're going to own the sports fans who are watching Big Ten football, who are watching college football. And you're going to maximize your exposure. And look, NBC is back in the game because NBC now has Big Ten content. NBC will have Notre Dame. NBC is a player again in all of this. The Big Ten, richest contract yet. The SEC, close to it, but so you have the SEC and the Big Ten with two of the Highest-profile contracts we have ever seen. Where does that leave the ACC? Where does that leave the Big 12? Where does that leave the rest of college football? And I think if you're not in one of the power leagues, your TV is not going to anywhere be close to this. And if you're not in one of the two power power leagues, your TV money is not going to be anywhere like this. I mean, you think the Big 12 is going to ever see a contract like this? Probably not. You think the ACC could see a contract like this? Probably not. Do this is football driven? When I think ACC, I think of course I mean football is 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 a key part of the ACC, but when I think football, I think Big 10, I think SEC. I think basketball, I think okay, ACC. I think I think first and foremost and that's why it's important that University of Kentucky become a football school, even though basketball is what Kentucky is known for, because what is the straw stirring this drink? And it is football, but there is opportunities for basketball. It's a huge contract. 2023 expires and 2030. It's huge. And... It's creative because now you have created an NFL style package. How will the other leagues counter this? You've got Fox at noon with the Big Ten game. You get CBS. And now, of course, you know, the SEC is going to lock up ESPN and its properties ABC, ESPN. It's locking up there. NBC is getting into the act now with its evening game. Where do you go? If you're another league, where do you go on a Saturday? SEC, ESPN, ABC, right? Okay. Big Ten, Fox at noon, CBS in the afternoon, NBC in the evening, Notre Dame on NBC. The rest of the schools out there are going to be fighting for second, third, fourth place. And the money is just going to roll in, and the Big Ten is going to continue to be the Big Ten. The SEC is going to continue to be the SEC. And we're going to see a bigger chasm between the haves and the have-nots, and it's television. It's television, but it's those leagues' ability to command and the open market that level of money for content. Where does uh, name, image, and likeness factor into all of this? There's a lot of money floating out there. A lot of money floating out there. Now, where does name, image, and likeness come into that? How much of that money might have to be shared, if any of it? I mean, the door is open, and it. Definitely is a wild, wild west out there right now with name, image, and likeness. But the whole argument players can't get paid, that's over with. And this put the final nail in that coffin because we're talking billion, seven to eight billion dollars over a billion a year and schools earning about 70 million annually. That's 70 million right there off the top. That's not ticket sales, that's not merchandising, that's not donations from boosters, that's not anything other than $70 million off the top. Then everything else is gravy. So if you can sell a lot of jerseys, you can make some money. If you can sell a lot of tickets, you can make some money. If you can get your boosters to give a lot of money, there you go. Because after all, you're going to get 70 million off the top, but yeah, you know, hey, we still need you to give because it's just not enough. 70 million, that's not going to be able to allow us to do everything we need to do to win and be competitive. Text line is 304-396. Talk 304-396-8255. I can be competitive for 70 million a year. I guarantee you that. I could be competitive for 7 million. Let's just let's start slow here. 7 million. Do I have a donor or benefactor out there? Would you like my media rights? I'll start them at 7 million. More on the way, it's the drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM930.
0: This is the drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM930.
1: Final segment. Today's edition of the drive is on ESPN 94.1 in AM930 with your host, Paul Swan. That's me. Text line is open still. It's 304-396. Talk 304-396-8255. One thing I didn't add to or talk about the Big Tens package. There's a clause. There's an elevator clause, by the way. It's, it's an escalator. It goes up. It means if more added. If the Big Ten's membership increases, it could reach $10 billion Because the Big Ten, according to reports, that's code for Brett McMurphy Action Network, the Big Ten is, quote, not done. So there could be some more Pac-12 teams added to the Big Ten. It could be the Big 16, the Big 20. Let's just make it the Big Twenty. Let's just nice round number there. Big Twenty. You have a championship game. Here's what you do: you have a nine. You have nine conference games, all on your side. Whatever the East or West would look like, and you have three non-conference games, or I don't know. You, you have you play maybe you play 11 of the 12 just within your conference and you play like one out of conference game. So Ohio State can play, you know, the required max school. 8 billion could be 10 billion. It's a 7-year deal. 7-year deal, 8 billion. And college football is turning into the pros. It it's It's basically, it's not even a minor league. Sure, the NFL is the next level, but the NFL is where the players get money. College is where the universities and administrators and everybody else gets money. Of course, you know, that's being put back into facilities. and Now, a lot of this money is going to be used for other opportunities, obviously, but hey. If you're in the Big Ten, you char- got to charter everywhere, especially now as the league is becoming so far flung. You have to charter. You can't sp- have your football team being able to fly to destinations and not your women's lacrosse team because, look, okay, UCLA has got to go play a, a women's contest at Rutgers. Yeah, that's an easy road trip, right? So with all that kind of money, you're going to have to make sure that you take care of your other sports. But still, there's a a lot of money here being made, and it's going to be more like an NFL deal. I just don't know if the SEC is willing to – can the SEC structure itself to be a sort of NFL-style package? Would you have big game at noon? You'd have big games at noon, and then on ABC you would have like the 3.30 game. And then what would you do after that? I mean, where where you know you could have with with ABC, you would have maybe the, the 330 game, you have the evening game. See, the Big Ten's got it made because the Big Ten's gonna have maximum exposure. You're gonna have Fox promoting your Big Ten game. You're going to have CBS promoting your Big Ten game. You're gonna have NBC promoting your Big Ten game. You're gonna have games across all three of those networks and their platforms you're going to have Peacock sort of as your streaming hub for a lot of this and you're still going to have the Big Ten network that's huge it's totally huge so don't tell me broadcasting is dead by any stretch of the imagination don't tell me nobody watches TV anymore nobody reads, nobody listens to the radio bull that's where the money is being made right now uh, except here um i'm not seeing seven billion and again my offer is seven million. Seven million, and i'm out of here i walk away uh mike Kirtner, i will buy buy him lunch i will pay for lunch with seven million i will pay for the lunch that i tell mike that i'm getting seven million from one of you and i'm out of here it, I'll, you know, it would be somewhere nice, too. I would, I would take him to the Marshall Hall of Fame Cafe, maybe. $7 million, that's my asking price. And you can have my media rights, $7 million. I think that's a fair deal. You're actually getting a deal for 7000000 million. I'm worth way more than $7 million. That's going to do it for this edition. Thanks for tuning in. Back tomorrow here on ESPN, 94.1 and AM 930.